Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Time now for... Don't hurt the real journalism world. It's jackasses like you that cause problems, okay? Overreaction Monday! This is really good, too. I mean, tropical smoothie cafe. I would have. I'd have brought a lot to share. Throw a little vodka in there. It'd been a lot better. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right. Welcome to the pod. Start with this. Ohio State 48, Nebraska 7, Michigan 52, Rutgers zip, Penn State 59, Maryland nada. That is traditional Big Ten powers, 159 Big Ten expansion teams, 7. Congrats to the Huskers, Diedrich Mills. For his nine-yard <laughs> TD against the Bucks, Spared the complete whitewashing. Allowed Nebraska fans to sadly release their first score balloons with 2.07 left in the game. And it kill a few birds. Yep, turned Pat 40 irate that some... <laughs> I hope Pat threw a beer at like 11.15 in his yeah. living room last night. <laughs> some central Nebraska uh, mallard is now choking on a balloon. <laughs> Cursed out some like uh, walk on DB from, yeah. uh, you know, Chiyonga Falls for blowing a tackle and allowing the balloons to be released. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, not good. All right. Look, Nebraska has been competitive, decent in the Big Ten in the past. So maybe grouping these three aren't fair. But clearly this program is not what it was when it was in the Big 12, Big 8 since it got in the Big Ten. And here in year two is Scott Frost. There is a long way to go, clearly, because that was a complete woodshed beating. Meanwhile, after getting blitzed by Michigan, Rutgers fired Chris Ash on Sunday. Thank goodness that I'm sure he felt bad, but that is a blessing in disguise. I think he got about eight or nine million bucks to not coach Rutgers. Mm -hmm. This will change nothing. Rutgers was eight and five in its first year in the Big Ten. Kyle Flood was the coach then. Since then, 12 and 40. Four and 33 in the league. Okay. Maryland was seven and six in its first year and four and four in the league. Since then, 20 and 39, nine and 27 in the league. The good news is those two play each other next weekend. So <laughs> something's got to give. win a game. Yeah. I think they should move the game to like an abandoned block of Camden as a neutral site. <laughs> 
of what this. They may game, get more people. They might. God bless <laughs> you. If you, go, if you go to this game, if you attend this game, I don't even know where it is. Nobody knows where it is. Both teams may get on a bus and just run into each other in South Jersey and just. What do you say? It's at Rutgers. So at Rutgers. All right. Well, yeah, I do. I do like the Camden idea, the vacant lot. Yeah, yeah. The interim coach era is on, you know, so here's my thing with these two. When they were better in their first year in the Big Ten, both of them and have been horrible since they're not getting better recruits. They're getting worse recruits. This is working backwards. They're not competitive. More people found them to be attractive in their old leagues. Now, I get why the Big Ten added these guys. I you know, I disagree, but I get it. They wanted the television money, cable TV. You know, they wanted the recruiting footprint. I'm sure Penn State was just absolutely giddy at the idea of just kicking the crap out of Maryland in the DMV Friday. A obviously a longtime critical recruiting area for the Lions. And, and Michigan got like a midseason basically exhibition game to fix their offense, make everyone feel good and play the fight song. But so, you know, whatever Big Ten added these teams, they're terrible. But I wonder even of these programs, like they have lots of money now and they'll get more as the revenue sharing sorts out. But I mean, they're laughing stocks. The players are getting mauled. Recruiting appears to be worse than ever. Their identity is as losers. Like on Saturday, I was listening to the Michigan radio broadcast of the game at the end. I know I'm sorry, but I did. And they noted like Chris Ash was trying to run out the clock down 59-0, like he just wanted it to end. <laughs> I was like, this is the ultimate state of Rutgers in Maryland. It's a nice metaphor for his coaching career. We'll start too. with you, uh, Pat. Your thoughts on the yeah. state of Big Ten expansion uh, half a decade plus into this thing? Uh, it's an unqualified failure, uh, other than, as you said, to the bottom line and the revenue. And as you have pointed out multiple times on the podcast, more revenue doesn't do a whole lot for the fans. The fans want to see a team win. They don't want to, you know, well, great. We got to build a couple more practice facilities. Great. That, that's <laughs> that's something to rally the fan base around. No, I mean, they, you know, they, they would like to at least be competitive. If you remember, like Penn State and Maryland had kind of a, a rivalry thing, and, and Penn State always won. But Randy Edsel kind of tried to rekindle that when he was the coach at Maryland. Here are the scores of the last three Penn State-Maryland games. 66 to 3, 38 to 3, 59 nothing. That's the school you wanted to make your rival. Great. What do they say? There's no rivalry between the hammer and the nail, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the nail never fights back. It tries. Boys, it boy, tries. They but... are the nail. But yeah, if they didn't have each other, they'd never win again. Like this is uh, I'm going to make one sort of like big picture point financially driven and then we'll all dive into something recruiting wise to to piggyback on what Dan said. The first thing is like shame on Maryland here. They actually had a really good option. They could have stayed in the ACC, right? right? Basketball super relevant, that's all their fans really care about anyway. It fit their geographic footprint. I'm guessing they have a lot more students from like North Carolina than they do from Iowa, right? So it just fit their identity. It fit who they were. The DMV kind of hummed. There were five or six nights a year in basketball where that place popped, like mm -hmm. really popped like an event. Yep. And there were probably one or two games in football that popped. All right. Now, I don't feel like anything really pops. 
So shame on Maryland. And now they had awful leadership, Debbie Yao included, for so long that they'd financially tanked to the point where they needed to do this. So I, I kind of get it, but they sold their soul because they had a good option. Rutgers did not have a good option. Nebraska had a good option because they had the Big 12. Now that's part of that's Texas's fault and part of it was an FU. Rutgers had no choice. Like they could have stayed with this sort of collaboration to AAC. So eventually when Rutgers gets full money, they're going to get $52 million a year and that's going to go up every year. They would be getting like five right now from the AAC. So like you and they would have been left behind and everything. So again, could they, would they have a better chance of beating Memphis, South Florida, et cetera? Yes. But no one would care an equal amount. Like it's not like, they're still playing BC and they're still playing Syracuse and they're still playing like it just, so I I kind of understand why Rutgers did it. And they're also a financial mess too, like a complete untenable financial mess. So, but the, the recruiting point Dan brought up, I thought was, I thought was a great one because it here, here's what's happened. Like it's flipped. It's not like more kids want to go there. The recruiting footprint has been opened up, allowing more kids to leave. So I have the top, I have the top 2020 New Jersey kids on Rivals.com, our, our great business partner, called up in front of me. It, it, you have to go to number 14 in New Jersey to find a Rutgers commitment. And so the first 13 are going to – we got we got an undecided back at Bosco. Then it's Notre Dame, Ohio State, two Texas A&Ms, Ohio State, Michigan, Stanford, Penn State. So basically like Michigan went and hired one of the big New Jersey high school coaches. They've got a foothold in there, allowed them to get Rashawn Gary, et cetera. So you've basically given Ohio State full entree into the state of New Jersey. Michigan has an entree into the state of New Jersey. Penn State, which always is recruited there well, all of those schools have commitments. Purdue has a better commitment than Rutgers before, before Rutgers. The surprising one here is Maryland. You have to go, and Mike Loxley's a heck of a recruiter, and they've they've had some juice down there. You have to go all the way to the 21st best player in the state of Maryland. And again, that could be a little funky because there's Virginia in the DMV, but just your flagship state, the top 20 players, none of them are committed to Maryland, and all of them are committed. Clemson, Alabama, South Carolina, LSU, Oklahoma, LSU, Penn State, Oregon, Michigan, Michigan, Texas A&M, Penn State, Penn State, Tennessee, you get the point. There's another Ohio State snuck in there. So, I mean, what what the Big Ten has done is totally worked in reverse. They've allowed the rich to get richer. And, yes, Hammer is meeting nail, and it's a mismatch. Yeah, because the best players who have options. And so yes. you sit there and go, well, now we're in the Big Ten. We can keep these kids home. Well, no, they can also just go to the Big Ten and be on the other side of the 59-0. I mean, that was disastrous <laughs> on Friday night. That was Maryland's big night. Prime time Friday night. They added seats to the stadium, a blackout. Let's do this. Penn State. And I mean, Penn State, just every recruit they had on campus, if they did Friday night, you have a lot of high school games. So you probably didn't have a huge recruiting weekend, but disaster. Uh, You know, so they're not getting better. They're getting worse. Like you said, they've got money, but for what? We get to pay administrators more money. We have more, you know, associate uh, athletic directors. Better locker room, the locker room. Oh, we got a new locker room. That's what we needed. Uh, That's what the fan base can say. We have the biggest staff of associate ADs in the Big Ten. It's part of my – We're going to out-analyst all our rivals. Yeah, Yeah. Nebraska, it's like you don't get any players anymore. Like, where where are you getting players? How do you differentiate yourself? Yeah, you gave up basketball, which is fun. I I do. I agree. Rutgers had to do it. What what would be great, what would be really cool would be like a league that features – all these Northeast schools 
<laughs> Maryland yeah. and Rutgers and West like, Virginia and Pitt and Syracuse and mm-hmm. Boston College and UConn, and then actually play. And yeah. it's a fun league. We had a league like that yeah. once. What was it called? Oh, the Big East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But we had to get rid of that kind of a league yeah. because uh, what? What did we get? What did Rutgers get? You know, I mean, is, is right. it really better to have the stability? I don't know. Maybe. But it's just that you're getting pumped. And, yeah. you know. What did Boston College get going to the ACC other than an identity crisis and a lot of L's? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they had a couple little glimmering years under Matt Ryan, and then it's come. Mm-hmm. And basketball has no. plummeted to, to new depths no. in, in part because they don't have any kind of facility, uh, you know. And now you got to beat Duke. And now you're gonna beat Carolina. Really? And you're gonna be along with beating Syracuse and 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 I know it's great when Duke or Carolina shows up on campus in Boston and that's a big night, but they're better off when it was UConn and Providence and Syracuse and say like schools that the other kids, you know, chose. Like that's you kind of want that yeah. familiarity, right? You want like, well, I went yeah. to I went to Boston College, my best friend in high school went to Providence. Now we're gonna have a game. We're excited about the game. And that's kind of what college sports is supposed to be. And instead, we've got these just stupid leagues. And it's like, all right. And my thing with the Big Ten is, like, I don't understand. You added them for basic cable homes and everyone's cutting the cord. Like, what is yeah. what happens to the Big Ten network in five years? It's not like any of these networks have big ratings. Like, right. I, we no. watch them because we're psychos, but there aren't enough people <laughs> Big Ten, yeah, very yes, must see, must must see Beak TV. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't find myself watching these networks often. Like if there's games on them, I watch them. I'll watch some ancillary programming, like the fine one on the Big Ten Network that Pat's referencing too. But like, I don't find myself on a Tuesday being like, let's flip on the SEC network and see what's going on here. Let's flip on the Pac-12 network in H uh, in non HD <laughs> to see what there is because you can get all that information in so many other places. Yeah. There's, right. there's not the that shows are all good. They're all good yeah. shows, no but question. they're not, uh, you know, they're not, it's not like, yeah, I absolutely have to watch big 10 tonight. Like I end up watching it a, a bunch, but it's just sort of mm-hmm. like, all right, it's good. It's good. They do a good job. Some mm-hmm. of their, the journey, they do some different shows which are good, but, uh, but like how valuable is Rutgers when people in New Jersey are no longer on basic cable and, and yeah. like, I, and how soon is that? Well, I don't know. That's a big yeah. question. And I, I, you wonder whether that has factored into, you know, their future planning here. I mean, what, what is the Big Ten thinking about this or planning to do about this? We've talked some, you know, about whether there's ever a possibility of deconstructing some of these leagues, you know. Kick them out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. You know, they'll say, I mean, you can't, can't get anyone. Oh, that would never happen. We made a hundred-year partner. <laughs> Whatever. Man, stuff happens. Wait until <laughs> – Okay, everyone right now in college athletics is drunk off this spigot of basic cable. They basically figured out how to tax their state. They figured out how to put a tax because when they started this, there are 100 million cable homes. You basically got every single home in in Indiana and Michigan and Ohio was on was on a basic cable. They had basic cable. And then you're going to get 80 cents a house with this network. It was a tax. It was a way to tax the people pretty much. Well, that tax base is dropping and they're all spending at a what happens when they have to sit there and say, not only cannot build another practice facility or a new office for that associate AD is making 275 a year, but you got to cut one. Yeah. The budget just right. dropped. The, you know, we don't have 
No one's buying. And, and it's, I mean, the, the cord cutting is quick. I don't know. Because they can't just sit there and go, well, well, yeah, everyone loves the network. Look how big our ratings are. I mean, that's just not happening. And you give an a la carte. I mean, put it this way. Even as a big of a sports fan and college sports fan as I am, if you're looking at an a la carte option, am I getting every conference cable network? No. no. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, maybe I get one. Maybe. I don't know. So maybe yeah. you're a big enough fan of something. So. I don't know. No. I tell you what, I mean, Pete's point was good, like shame on Maryland. But I also I think you can say the same thing about Nebraska as far as giving away the uh their identity, so to speak. And they now you talk to people there, they are they're staunchly, I think stubbornly refute refute that. They're like, no, this is better for us because you can never admit you made a bad decision what that's this big a decision. But also, you know, they they were so mad at Texas and so mad at the direction of the Big Twelve. You know, that it, it basically took away what Nebraska always had. And so Nebraska opted for radical change because it didn't like the incremental change that the Big 12 was uh, forcing upon it. But it hasn't worked. I mean, this this was like Friday night was Maryland's big showcase. Saturday was, was Nebraska's. You know, you got game day there. You got Ohio State coming in. And they got absolutely blown off the field from the get-go. That was terrible. I don't know whether there's been a bigger beating for a game day game ever, but I mean that was embarrassing. I thought for Nebraska. Yeah. Well, game day shouldn't have been there, Pat. I don't it just like. Well, I, no. I don't think that, they should. Yeah. They, they, they just took advantage of like a compliant fan base that they knew would go uh, that would go nuts for them showing up. But we we've talked about this once or twice on the podcast before, but I think it's worth repeating. I can't really speak for Nebraska because I'm not you know, native to there by any means. But uh, when you look at BC and Dan mentioned like UConn, Providence and Rutgers, it would be, you know, the, the Villanovas and local schools and whatever. What these leaks have lost is what I call cubicle factor. If you work at the Prudentials for Prudential in Boston, yeah. in your cubicle, there are people who went to Providence, UConn, Syracuse, etc. So you're, you're talking about the game, you buy tickets for the game. There's all that. There are no people who went to Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, uh, you know, Miami, in, in this, you can say the same thing for Rutgers in their little cluster of area. And it, it just like, so what you're gaining in cable money, but you're losing relevancy year to year in your city. People aren't excited for the Boston College NC State game in anything. You know, they're just right. not. Even right. if NC State's really good. I remember when BC was pretty good, uh, when they were still kind of ranked at the end of Al Skinner era, I went over to like a Florida State game. And it's like nine o'clock on a Tuesday night. And Florida State was ranked and they were good and nobody was there because nobody cares. I don't know anyone who went to Florida State living right. up here. So I, I really just think like you lose some of the intimacy. People just thought everyone was just going to show up like Nebraska zombie fans to game day and they haven't. Yeah. Well, they show up in Nebraska, but yes, <laughs> they do. No matter what. But I don't know. I just, you know, this is things just, I mean, look, decisions are made. The money's there, but it is, uh, it, it's, it's been ugly. I mean, this has been ugly. I think I think the Big Ten just added these two and thought it'd be all right. I mean, I think famously, like Jim Delaney didn't even know like what Rutgers' stadium looked like or, you know, hadn't been there. And this was a ah, cable nut. It's it was we yeah. let college football, college sports get ruled by a spreadsheet for that stretch of expansion. And it just yep. is very little, uh, you know. And I think if you're in Nebraska, you're sitting there going, God, it looks like Oklahoma State's having more fun than us. You know, and that yeah. didn't used to be the case. And Texas Tech's had more fun than us. And what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Baylor's had more fun than, you know, like yeah. our program stinks. And how do we solve this? 
And, and yeah. uh, you know, unless it just doesn't doesn't work. But, hey, once again, look at all the money. Fans actually do get fired up about that revenue thing. It's crazy. It's it absolutely crazy to me. I mean, it's yeah, like, that wins that wins a day in April every yeah, year. But it's like, it's like that. It's like the fluffy local story on the new locker room. Yeah. Oh, they have helmet coolants. Now we got this because we have to keep up keep up you're not even close if everyone's got it no yeah. you know and it's like it's be like did the sacramento kings like put up a banner every year because they get their nba revenue share check comes in and, <laughs> like if you're a fan of that team you're just mad like why aren't we spending money like uh, great the yeah, lakers got right. anthony davis great so all right one more thing about rutgers now that ash is out of the way our buddy steve politi nj.com newark star ledger columnist has already started the drum beat bring back Greg Schiano. Look, Schiano's overall record is 68 and 67 at Rutgers because he took over this deadbeat program. He had a, let's see, seven and five in an 11 and two season, eight and five, eight and five, nine and four, four and eight, nine and four before going off to Tampa Bay. It's the best success they've ever had in running in a way, you know, in a row. Ultimate Jersey guy. He made them matter in the Big East. I don't know if that can translate to the Big Ten, but. Should Rutgers hire Greg Schiano? No brainer, one candidate, a search process, and would he take it? Pete, let's start with you. I'll say this, Dan: the the timing of the firing makes it apparent that they're at least going to make a hard run at him, right? You don't fight Chris Ash. He lost games by a lot of points. He was not the right bringing in a guy from Iowa to win in New Jersey was not the right thing to do. So, you know, this isn't to like dump truck Chris Ash. Like he's he's taken enough grief on the field that it was a bad hire. So now does Rutgers also fire Pat Hobbs, the AD, and bring in a whole clean slate to 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 rejuvenate this thing and get this going? The earlier you do a hire, the more a firing like this, the more maneuvering it it allows for. So the, the next couple of weeks will be crucial to, to seeing if Rodgers can align itself to make a run at Shiano. Um, I have a little bit of a different take on this. If you're Greg Shiano, why would you possibly go there? I don't know. All right? You're the only good coach in school history, period. You're the only guy who has kept like, you, you know, it was the only guy who's left there alive, basically. So if you could go back and be an NFL defensive coordinator, which he had an opportunity to do with the Patriots before he left this year. If you could go back anywhere else, because the Rutgers he won at and, you know, only won at a 500 level and it took him five years to build it, et cetera. That is, this is a completely different Rutgers. He could come in and be a ninja and, you know, get all the New Jersey recruits back and build it and build it and build it and completely lose all his hair and work 800 hours a week and, you know, set the temperature in the coach's office like he famously did there. And if you crush it, you're going to win six games, right? Like, 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 let's see, why sully what you did earlier and then just to go back there, you are so deeply in, like, a, a pit there at Rutgers. I don't really think it's wise career-wise to, to to go back and, you know, look, when he did that, he was like the young buck. He's he's older now. He's in his early 50s. I, I don't know if that's the right life-slash-career move. All right. Pat, you yeah, agree but, with that? Uh, I mean, I understand the logic, certainly, but I think a lot of guys want to be head coaches, and he was a head coach, and he hasn't been now for quite a while. Uh, he did not leave his last head coaching job on his own terms out, out of the NFL, and, you know, if he wants to try it again, hey, they're going to roll it out for you. I agree. It's, it's, it is absolutely rolling a boulder up a hill all day, every day. Really hard job. But he would be enthusiastically received 
They would sell tickets right away. They would have a recruiting beachhead because you would know the territory. And Pete, as you kind of alluded to, you've got time, you've got runway now to get A, to get this thing done and B, for him to start putting together staff and, and, you know, looking at recruiting and that sort of thing. He doesn't have to play catch up in on December 1st. He could, he could already have things in motion October 15th. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I can understand why Rutgers would want it and I can fi- fi- figure out a way why Shiano would want it. May not be the best reason, but I, th- I could see him wanting it. All right. That is a lot of Rutgers talk in one podcast. <laughs> Good Lord of the Buckeyes. They look great. Oh. And maybe Nebraska yeah. is a dog. I don't know, but they have just, they just look awesome. Michigan State is next week. Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, and and probably a Big Ten title game to go. So there's a lot to do with Ohio State. But hey, let's overreact. All right. This is our <laughs> this is our thing. Like legit national title contender. Will will Ryan Day run for president? Does does, <laughs> does Earth, he is from New Hampshire? It's, yeah, it's, he could it's win it's the early primary. State. Yeah, no, he gets some momentum. Does Urban so. just come storming back like midseason? <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait! I didn't say I was gone. <laughs> Out of the office. Like, what happens here? The Buckeyes look ridiculous. Yeah. Well. You know, right now in the current NCAA statistics, Ohio State is number two in total defense. Last year, they finished number 72. So last year, the number was 403 yards per game. And this year, it's 223. Now, again, we can't overstate the fact they have not played anyone. Like, they haven't. They haven't played anyone top 25. They're going to play better teams. I think Michigan State coming there next week offers, like, a reasonable challenge. Like, Justin Fields will not just march up and down the field unimpeded, or, or so we think. But if you're now sitting here five games into the uh, into the Ryan Day era, it couldn't have gone any better. The, the total stat is something like 262 to 40-something, the, the, the total scores. But I really think Jeff Halfley in that defense – is really where this thing has turned in a direction that that nobody thought it would be like that quick of a turnaround. Jeffrey Okuda looks like a top 10 pick at corner. Chase Young is probably the best player in college football. He may not be the number one pick because, as you know, watching the NFL on Sundays, there aren't a lot of good quarterbacks and teams are going to trade up for quarterbacks. But Chase Young is just a beastazoid as a defensive end and has played up to his reputation as, as much as anything. Uh, a linebacker core at Ohio State last year that really couldn't tackle is all of a sudden tackling. They're a little more diverse in their uh, in their defenses. Uh, Lane Kiffin told me the other day, I'd call him about UCF, and he kind of went out of his way to say, you could feel the NFL schemes in their defense this year with, with Halfley there. They opened with them, obviously, at Florida Atlantic, as opposed to last season where they, they kind of played too much man and relied on their athleticism, and then after Bosa got hurt, everything fell apart. So, I mean... If the playoffs today, you know, you got to put the Buckeyes in, but I, I just, you know, there is a lot of, there there are actual real contests remaining. I just want to tip my cap to Pete. I want to tip my cap to Pete for going that breakdown at that level while the police sirens were right behind him. <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for the door to get kicked in by the... <laughs> Uh, waiting for an episode of Cops yeah. to break out yeah. here. On Live the, PD. On the yeah. This is going to be the best yeah. episode if Pete gets arrested <laughs> on the pod. What did you do? Feds are celebrating the two-year anniversary of the college basketball scandal by arresting yeah. me. What uh, did you do? <laughs> what have you done? I, I live near a firehouse. So, like, uh, once a day that happens, and that didn't, I don't know. That didn't anymore. sound like a fire truck. That sounded like the police. 
Well, I am tethered to my podcast right. as my All duty right. state. Stay so tuned through the whole podcast to see if Pete <laughs> yeah. gets so arrested because the, the, the suspense is killing me. It's like an episode of Cops Reno. Yeah, let's do here. this. Awesome. Let's do this. I love it. Yeah, go ahead, Pat. Ohio State, only team in the nation that's in the top 10 in total offense and total defense. They are a complete team right now. They're running the ball. They're throwing the ball. They're stopping the run. They're stopping the pass. Their special teams are good. Kicker may, may not be great, but they're are across the board. They got everything. They've got uh, all you want right now. And so, you know, I, I, I will be really interested to see them. So, the, I mean, the way Penn State looked Friday night, then, you know, bring on that game. That looks like a better game than Ohio State-Michigan. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. The Gus bus cruising along. Auburn crushes Miss State 56-23. thing I really like about Auburn is it seems like they're getting better every week. But yeah. they play Florida next week, so we can talk plenty about that. But the part I want to talk about is Auburn's Booby Whitlow getting knocked out of bounds and colliding with Bully the Mississippi State Bulldog. Booby on bully crime. <laughs> bully was no bully when uh, Booby showed up. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Bully had to leave the game due to injury, but then returned, according to his Twitter account or something. <laughs> Pat Forty, you are our animal rights activist. <laughs> Did Bully deserve it for being too close to the sideline? Head on a swivel, dog. Uh, yeah, you know what? Absolutely. If that dog isn't ready when they come at you, you know, I mean, people laugh when, like, the, the TV reporters get blown down, you know, and by somebody coming out of bounds. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Same thing, dog. You got to be ready. Look, if Georgia, they got a dog house for Ugga to go sit in, you know? And if, I mean, they, they let him come out and everything. But, you know, he's at least got protection if he needs it. I guarantee Ugga is not getting trucked on the sideline. <laughs> so if he, did, I he would bite back. I actually have some history with Bully. Uh-oh. <laughs> Four or five years ago when I worked at Sports Illustrated, uh, I did a college football preview cover story at Dak Prescott. So we took a picture of Dak with Bully. It was a great picture. It was kind of cool. But to get Bully, it was much harder to set up an interview with Dak Prescott than it was to reserve Bully for the hour. There's like a full-time handler, a pack schedule. I mean, really? you got a better chance to get a date with a supermodel than you have like a half an hour with Bully. There are all these demands and like forms to sign. Really? And then we ended up having to shoot it twice and like forget about it. It was just <laughs> like... You know, like I'm getting emails about, hey, do you have any pull with the mascot? Oh, so anyway, <laughs> dog is adorable. Handler was great. A lot of red tape. If you're going to protect bully that much, let's just, you know, let's just keep him a little further away on the sideline. So uh, I mean, SCC network money we talked about. And you can't build him a house. <laughs> yeah, come, come on, on <laughs> Mississippi State. Our dog house is better than your dog house, yeah, Georgia. Build them yeah. a two-story dog house and make fun of Georgia. If you're on the That's sideline, it. you get hit. I got no sympathy for these animals, even cute dogs. Who was it? Oh, it was UAB that wanted to get the Komodo dragon on the sideline, yeah. right? Yeah. <clears throat> we had spit that. and paralysis yeah. by spitting. <laughs> yeah. Definitely our AD of the year. We don't give ADs oh, yeah. a lot of props around here, but the, the guy wanted the Komodo dragon. He deserves <laughs> yeah. some serious podcast love. Uh, All right. And then, yeah, talk talk through it. Yeah, like, yeah, we're going to get a kid paralyzed by dragon spit. <laughs> maybe, maybe we won't do that. Boo. All right, let's do this one quickly. Race for the case. We all picked Virginia to either win outright or cover the 10-point spread in South yeah. Bend. We were all wrong. Notre Dame, especially defensively in the second half, really good. Irish won fairly easy, 35-20. No traditional fourth quarter 
home nail biter, which had been like the signature Brian Kelly <laughs> situation. Yeah. Hell of a bounce back win. I'm really curious of what happens to Notre Dame. Schedule is falling apart in front of them. USC, Virginia Tech, and Stanford are all down. Michigan, who the hell knows? Bowling Green, Duke, Navy, BC. I mean, they could be 11 and 1 and at least an interesting debate point, although I struggle to see how they get into the playoff at 11 and 1, even with the situation they're in. But, Pat, what do you think of the, the response by Notre Dame this weekend? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I was impressed. I, I was impressed at, when they were at Georgia and now to come back and do that. And you're right. The uh, the defense has really played well the last two weeks. It's very, very good. And they, you know, they had some some key losses there, but they have filled them. Clark Lee, second-year coordinators, doing a really good job. They have not allowed a run longer than 16 yards in their last two games. And Georgia's got backs, and Virginia's got some players too. Bryce Perkins certainly can run. Boy, they overwhelmed him, sacked eight times. A uh, couple uh, fumbles, one they returned for a touchdown, one they returned a long way to set up a touchdown. So I'm impressed uh, by what I've seen from Notre Dame. But you're right. It, it's funny. The schedule, I mean, they, they'll have a good record at the end, but I don't know whether it's going to be a good playoff resume. It's going to be – they're going to need help, I think, from other teams losing a lot of games. Yeah, eight sacks, five forced turnovers. Uh, Julian Aguara, who had been just okay so far this season, really had a break. I just thought they flew to the ball when he watched that game. I mean, that was like a that was like a, a unit playing with its hair on fire. I was really uh, really impressed by the uh, by the Irish, even though they delivered me my lone defeat of the weekend. Yeah, yeah something like that. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't think we're keeping track of that anymore. All right, <laughs> Pat. Pete went five and one. Yeah. Pat went three yeah. and three. I had a, a solid two and four effort. Mm-hmm. Terrible picks. Terrible picks. It was, it's got to be. This is the first week that I beat anybody. The rebuilding yeah. is, is is begins next week. So don't worry. Don't get too comfortable up there. All right. Almost got the biggest upset of the season. North Carolina two point conversion from taking a late lead on Clemson didn't happen. Tigers won twenty one twenty. Mac Brown's team at least is uh, is interesting. I'll give them that. Uh, look, uh, it's not unusual for national champions to have a loss, close wins, and stuff like that. But we're here to overreact. I hate to say it, but Clemson doesn't really look that good. Seven points nope. in the second half against Carolina. Trevor Lawrence, 18 for 30, 206 yards and one TD. And almost all of his work was to T. Higgins, who's tremendous. Clemson had just 125 rushing yards. The standard here is win it all. Can they win it all? I mean, this just doesn't even look this doesn't look anywhere near the other top teams right now. No, and certainly nowhere near what Clemson looked like at the end of last year with all these same guys back, at least all the skill guys. You know, whether it's offensive line losses that they're feeling right now or what, they but they're not running the ball well. And Trevor Lawrence hasn't been that good. Uh, really, really surprised at that. He's 58th in the country right now in passing yards per game. Let me see what he is in pass efficiency. Uh, he is 57th in pass efficiency. He's just, you know, he, he will make a couple of throws a game that you're like, oh my gosh, he is so talented. But there's just not that consistent bang, 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 bang production where he's tearing up defenses. He's been a little high, a little bit off with some of his throws uh, against Carolina. And he's thrown five interceptions so far this year. I think he only threw four all of last year. So I, I don't know what is up there. But, they, you know, they're winning and they're probably going to keep winning because the ACC is terrible. But they're, if they lose one game, I think they're out. Uh, that, that schedule's too weak to support a 12-1 and ACC champion uh, Clemson, I think. Wow. Do you, do you think the playoff committee would have the stones to keep Clemson out? Defending champs with a, if they're 12-1. Yeah. 
Yeah, with a loss, definitely. Oh, I mean, they man. just haven't looked good. Like, I don't know how you can have watched Clemson this year. And look, their one marquee victory over Texas A&M doesn't look that great anymore. Texas A&M is a 7-5 and team. So, again, yeah. credit them for scheduling it. But uh, there's going to be a lot of teams in that same conversation with them that, that are going to blast Texas A&M worse than that. So I don't know how voters vote and what they do and why they rank teams and don't rank teams. But if you're sitting here right now th- this morning in late September and you're – there's no reason to vote Clemson ahead of numerous teams that have looked better than them. That includes Alabama. That includes LSU. That includes Georgia. That includes Oklahoma and Ohio State. Now, I'm not saying you have to drop Clemson to six, but you at least can't leave them there on legacy. You're, you're, you're voting on this year's team, and this year's team has been very good, but they have not been sublime. I tossed them from my playoff uh, bracket uh, Sunday. You know, They have me do one every Sunday, and I don't have them in right now. Interesting. Totally fair. USC lost again. A poor Clay Helton back to the hot seat. Exciting development this week, though. Keyshawn Johnson, one of the program's all-time greats, <laughs> after the loss, tweeted out a screenshot of the Google definition page of Tarmac. <laughs> Tarmac. As you know. That, it's really an all-timer. That's really yeah. an all-timer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As you know, Lane Kiffin was pulled off the plane, uh, team plane on the tarmac and fired after some debacle of a loss. Tarmac. At Arizona State. At Arizona State. Yeah. So Keyshawn and I watched, Pete and I watched that in a bar in uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Might have been a Friday game now that I think. Might have been a Friday night game. Yeah, that was it. That's where that's where uh, Lane Kiffin got got. Mm-hmm. And uh, Keyshawn, uh, yeah, best troll job ever. I mean, that's <laughs> how do you come uh, back? I mean, it's up there. Very good. That's very yeah. good. Very good for what? Yeah, for your one of your former greats to drop that out. <laughs> yeah, for all this talk of like USC loyalty and everything like that, you got Liner and Reggie Bush pumping up Urban Meyer in like July <laughs> for the job, right? You know, and then Keyshawn Johnson, who's certainly on, you know, one of the one of the best receivers to ever play there, one of the most recognizable graduates. You got him literally throwing him under the Boeing seven forty seven. For <laughs> to call his job, like that's worse than a bus. I would think that would hurt more. And in the other loss this week, the, the five-star quarterback from Matter Day, Bryce Young, flips to Alabama early in the week. They did find a quarterback to to replace him right away, as you should at USC. You should have quarterbacks literally lined up waiting to uh, waiting to go. And the timing of it all made it seem like Bryce was nice enough to let USC get their ducks in a row to avoid the to avoid the PR hit. But recruiting is down right now. There's there's no other way to say it. And you know, it, this all snowballs, right? The uncertainty comes, and then people don't know what's going to happen with health, and so people don't want to commit there, and all the top players in California, like none of the top 10 players in California are going to USC. So just the problems continue, and with every loss, the snowball gets bigger, and, you know, I've obviously been pretty pretty out there about this, as everyone else has. I didn't think Helton was going to survive this year, and, you know, that game at Notre Dame, they're not going to fire him midseason because he's been a good soldier, and he's classed up the program, and he's a, he's a very good guy, and he's well-liked there as a human. But and they don't even have an AD. So. That's a good point. That's a good point. I don't even know who the interim would be either, quite frankly. Clancy yeah. Pendergast? Yeah, I don't know. That's... Graham Harrell's like, I don't know. I cover him as a player, so I still think he's like uh, 22. He's right. probably in his yeah. early 30s. But that's probably a little bit of a uh, little yeah, bit of that's... a bigger role than you want for Graham Harrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, also just staying in L.A. briefly, uh, my love affair with UCLA fell apart quickly. What the? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You tease me, Chip. I was all excited to watch some Pac-12 after dark. And yeah. it was like seven to six against Arizona in the boringest <laughs> half of football ever played. Yeah. 
They go from I they go from sixty seven sixty three to twenty to seventeen, and yeah, it was seven to six at halftime. Well, that, that was the end for me. I was like, I'm not. Yeah. I might score fifty in the second half. I'll risk it. This team, <laughs> come on. Yeah. I may have woken up at like three forty five last night with my laptop on my lap, yeah. <laughs> and that like game, like your game has finished. Scrolling, up yeah. There. <laughs> what the heck? You come on, UCLA. May or may not be true. There's no, there's no video. Remember up. last week? That was the chain. That was the turning point. It was all coming. Yeah. Oh yeah, I fall yeah. for it every time. <laughs> I'm right. pretty sure UCLA did cover, which I never didn't understand why they were getting six from a bad Arizona team. Well, but. Uh, Vegas smarter than us. <laughs> well, they probably watched the first few games, Pat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Washington State stunk, too. Oh, they were bad. Yeah, and then like uh, the Pirate called all his players fat and lazy. That's nice. Things are going really well up there. So much for that. I mean, look what happened in, in, in one week. Everything fell apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want Mike Leach to get one of these like marquee jobs because it would be fun. And then he does like one incredibly stupid thing a year to remind yeah. you why he's still at Washington yeah. State. Well, he could, he's, exactly he was exactly right. He was almost at Tennessee. He was almost at Tennessee. Yep. All right. Will Muschamp won a game. South Carolina was not doing very well. They beat a terrible looking Kentucky team. And uh, this may be the quote of the quote of the year so far. Must champ after the game. He's got glasses now. He's wearing glasses. I, yeah. I I feel you, buddy. Well, you know what? I'm getting old, and I and I can't read anymore, especially at night. It's been a <laughs> fall. I'm, I'm, I got more gray hair than I've ever had. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. I've been losing, so I mean it ain't been good. You know. I mean, if he added a pickup truck drinking yeah. <laughs> raspberry wine by the watering hole he'd have a country music hit <laughs> will muschamp a poet baby a poet <laughs> columbia city blues speaking right to me <laughs> it's not too bad uh, right there i have to yeah. say he could he could get better glasses than that like get nike to send him some glasses he has like he has like 99 cent drugstore reading glasses that hey. sit on the bridge of his he nose. Has, he has the Wetzel special. Yeah, yes. they're yes. hot. I've been making them hot. Everyone's yeah. buying them now. That's it. Yeah. Trendsetter. Yeah. Here we go. Let's get Walgreens in here. Give me a sponsorship deal. Everyone's watching the pod. Everyone's talking about the pod. They all want my cheap, uh, cheap, because you lose them. I'm not buying a fancy pair. I only use it for the show practically. I miss last year's ones, though, where they were, like, slanted at a 45 degree. Yeah. And they broke. I get these plastic ones now. They either just shatter yeah. or, yeah, it's, it's a swanner. <laughs> Those look a little sleeker than normal, then. You might have gone, like, the $12.99 instead of $3.99. <laughs> I feel like, yes. feel like you're, you're getting a little bougie Stepping on Stepping it up, man. <laughs> Stepping it up. It's like uh, my Fiji water, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, well. The last man on earth I would have thought drank Fiji water. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I would think Will Muschamp would drink Fiji water before you. Yeah, well, poor Will. I, I, we'll see if Will we'll see if Will can make it out of this season. I don't know. It's, uh, mm, that was a big win for him. He needed that. Yeah, they they did need that. They'd lost like four in a row to Kentucky, which is just bizarre because Kentucky's not good enough to beat anybody four in a row. He made but, a lazy uh, OC hire. He just like promoted the guy, and they're a mess on offense. It's like a very Typical story for a defensive coach, you know. It was like the year Mo Mora promoted uh, Tuyas Sopo, and they they were like historically bad on offense at uh, UCLA. Right. South right, South right. Carolina is tough because, like, even traditionally, other than when Spurrier got it going there for a while, they're never really that good. And now right. they've got Clemson shows up. 
like uh, all of a sudden like the number one program in the country. And yeah. it's like even those kids that want to stay in state don't want to go play for you. Uh, right. Tough situation. <laughs> like it's always been a struggle. You're not the best team in your state and you're not the best Nick Saban protege in your own division. Right. And your state doesn't produce nearly as good enough, enough players as everybody else has got. So, yeah. um, so that's a rat. Tough break. Well, I feel you, man. Stick with the glasses. Uh, we'll take it. All right. They give out the Heisman uh, at the end of the year, but we like to give it out every week. Hello, record book. Hello, small sample Heisman. How about that? Pete, I know you're not ready. We'll start with Pat. Oh, definitely not ready. Yeah, not even oh. close. Uh, Pat I'm terrified. I'm, I'm terrified. I, I, I'm choking. Uh, I, I didn't think about this. Um, oh, I know. All right. We're going with uh, with Alabama receiver Devontae Smith. All right. He's like the third best receiver on the team, except he had like the greatest receiving day in the history of the SEC on Saturday against Mississippi. 11 catches, 274 yards, 25 yards of reception, five touchdowns. He was ridiculous. Uh, they got Jerry Judy. They got Ruggs. They got uh, Waddle. I mean, they've got they got receiver after receiver after receiver there, and he had the biggest day anybody's ever had for uh, Alabama. So Devontae Smith, small sample Heisman. All right, Pete. I, I'm going to go uh, on the opposite side of the country and go with uh, Salvan Ahmed, the running back from Washington. I hadn't seen a ton of him, and I hadn't seen a ton of Washington this year. He just blitzed through that USC defense. Uh, 17 rushes, 153 yards, 89-yard touchdown run. Um, he was clearly the best tailback in that game and uh yeah an explosive fun player to watch uh kind of you know kind of like an easy breezy win for the huskies in uh in in husky stadium there so the sale gators will toast salvan Ackman. all right nice i'm gonna go with penn state quarterback sean clifford he was not very good against pitt a couple weeks ago team struggled offensively there was a lot of criticism sent to him took the bye week and just buckled down. I know they played Maryland, but still, who cares? 26 of 31, 398 yards and three TDs. He also Ooh. rushed for 54 yards and one TD. I've mentioned this a lot on the podcast. It seems absolutely a dream come true to be a big-time college football player, and it probably is, but it is also fraught with emotional roller coasters for most of these guys ups and downs, criticism like you wouldn't believe, social media hate and all that. So I always root for these guys that, you know, everyone's on them and they respond out of the pressure cooker. So Sean Clifford, maybe it was only Maryland. Couldn't have been much better than that. So you get my a small sample Heisman. All right, we said lots of mean things on this episode. Probably actually not as mean as usual, but we can kick it up mm -hmm. here. Uh, but actually, let's try to say something nice. Can we do it, Pete? Well, I'm going to say something nice about Arizona State. I stayed up late Friday night, watched the uh, Sun Devils beat Cal 24-17. And, you know, we can't root for teams here, but we can root for chaos. And Arizona State gave us an awesome chaos scenario. Before October 1st, every team in the Pac-12 has a loss. Cal was the last undefeated. So I thank you to Arizona State for uh, just sort of driving the final nail in the Pac-12's national relevancy column. Herm Edwards, I was wrong. He's been good, man. He's been good. And like, why couldn't Arizona State win the Pac-12? So why not? Pat, like it. say something I like nice. It. All right. Yep, I'm going to say something nice about Hawaii. Mm. The Rainbow Warriors 
went to play in the only place in America, I think, that's actually experiencing a change of seasons, which is uh, Nevada, Reno, and that area of the West. Everywhere else, it's still hot as hell. But it was, it was sleet, see your breath, cold, and possible snow when they played, when Hawaii went to play at Nevada. The kind of weather conditions that you figure the Rainbow Warriors will not thrive in, but they won 54-3. to Dominated them. They're now 4-1. and Hawaii hadn't had a winning record on the road since 2010. I think this team's got a chance to do it. I like their moxie. I like uh, them going out there and a cold, cold night in the uh, the mountains of western Nevada and winning big. All right. I'm going to say something nice about Randy Edsel's agent. <laughs> <laughs> I got no- we go. nothing for We're you, We're going to backdoor the niceness. Here nothing for you, Randy. UConn lost uh, 56-21 to uh, UCF. No surprise. S- Randy Edsel's agent negotiated one of the most unbelievable contracts, and someone at UConn agreed to it. There are all sorts of incentives in this coaching contract. It's like a, it's like a prop bet, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you like he gets. Really I don't is. even know what this is. Ser- this yes. is. These are serious things, okay? You Randy yeah. Etzel gets two grand if UConn scores first in a game. If yeah. if they're leading at halftime, if they're leading in points per possession at the end, if they lead in total offense. Tackles for a loss margin, points per possession on defense, turnover margin. Wait a minute. Tackles for loss margin? Yes. He gets a bonus for that? All according to USA Today, Steve Berkowitz. If the team averages 25 to 29 points a game, 20,000. Goes up uh, 10,000 a win. I mean, there's all these just who score first. Like, so does it come into his mind? Like, I could go for it on fourth year, but if I kick this field goal, two G's in my pocket. Sure. I mean, why not? So they got pumped by UCF. I think the score was like 56 to zero at one point or something. It was some huge. Yes. Yeah. But he got two grand in bonus money in this game while getting totally, totally whipped <laughs> because the Huskies defense had a better red zone scoring percentage than UCF's. Oh UCF made five trips to the red zone and only scored on four of them. UCF, well, UConn made the red zone three times and scored all three times. So Edsel got two grand despite getting killed. <laughs> what? Like if one of your friends told you they were betting on those things for the Super Bowl, yeah. you'd like give them, a, you'd give them an 800 number and encourage them to get help. Yeah. Can you see like the UConn board meeting where they essentially decided to drop football, even though they're, they're not dropping football, they're going independent and being like, look at this. We have to this guy if he gets better red zone percent it's like it's like yeah i mean why not throw the coin flip in there right that's yeah. where we are right the fact that that any ad would sign off on that i i mean randy edsel himself should be embarrassed by that contract. he's got to give it to charity <laughs> yeah like uh, i know in, in west virginia basketball coach uh, bob huggins gets a bone like 10 grand if he beat kansas like it's in his contract and every time right. they do it he just gives it to the you know the hospital like you, you can't accept this money edsel <laughs> Gets 38K. He has 38,000 in bonuses. The, the Huskies are one and three, and their victory is against Wagner. And he's got 38,000. Last year, they were like one and 11, yeah, and the un- worst defensive team in the history of football. So, literally. Randy Edsel's agent, man. Donate it. You are the man. Randy, <laughs> not so much. All right, that's our show. Donate it to the Kevin Ollie buyout fund. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> you, I can't imagine why UConn's struggling here. I mean, this is leadership. Yeah. Um, All right, we will uh, be around midweek Wednesday as we preview week 
six and all the other goings. Please share us on social media. Tell your friends. Pump it up. Our listenership keeps growing according to Sully's metrics, but we need more. So stick with us and we will talk to you guys then. 